0: librarians librarians when you've got questions
1: they're the ones to help you find what you're looking for and
2: maybe even something more just ask Librarians. Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm
3: Robin. This month, we have something a little bit different, and we're joined by a very special guest.
4: Yeah, the pride of Queens, New York. Roberta (laughs) is here. She's a library page, and she decided to join us for this James Patterson book club thing we're doing.
3: Yes, this is a book club month. This is sort of a a little bit different. We're not having a conversation about a general topic. We are diving into a specific book, and we are joined by Roberta, who we have already name-dropped you a few times because you're such a good book recommender.
5: Thank you, thank you <laughs> I appreciate the invitation to be here Yeah, well, we're very excited I like talking books with you, and I know Jim does too Yeah Yeah, it's the fun thing about working
4: here It's the best yeah. thing
3: So, this month, we are discussing Along Came a Spider by James Patterson And this came about because Jim and I were talking We discovered that neither of us had ever read a James Patterson novel It's shocking It is shocking, especially with the amount of James Patterson books we have in the library and the number that are published every year and the fact that we are adult services librarians.
4: Exactly. You think at least at some point we would have stumbled upon one, you know, on the beach or wherever. (laughs) Just washing up in the shore. Yeah. (laughs) I think that happens, actually. I mean, there's 300 million of these things out there, so So there's probably a few in the ocean. Yeah, Yeah,
3: probably. We wanted to try. We wanted to give him a fair shake, see what it was all about. I mean, I think that he's one of those authors that a lot of patrons read, and I felt like I was sort of missing. Missing out on something that most of them are really interested in. So why not give it a try? And now we know. And now we know. Now we know why. Now exactly. we know. Exactly. So we read Along Came a Spider, James Patterson and it was an interesting ride. I will say that.
4: We talked a little bit about this. You yeah. both you both enjoyed it, right?
5: Yeah, I enjoyed it for maybe 80% of the book. Right, 80% of the book. I felt the end sort of lost me. Yeah. This book is gonna be spoiled very thoroughly.
4: This yeah. book
3: was published in 1993
4: so. Tough note listeners I mean if you haven't read it yet I mean, yeah, yeah, spoilers are out there so you may pause this now go read it and then come back if yeah. you really feel that strongly about
5: yeah. It. yeah or if you've forgotten his initial works yeah then yeah. you know it's always good to go back that's
3: true that's true yeah. that is true and this is one of his first no i don't know if it's one of his first but it's very early on in the james patterson canon
4: it is early in the james patterson canon his first book was published in 1976 that's the oh, thomas okay. berryman something or other oh.
3: but this is the first book in the alex cross series which i was very surprised to find out i didn't know this was an alex cross book until i started reading it right, right. and these
4: those these are the ones that have kind of blown up in recent years yeah so. the
3: alex cross ones. he's
4: yes. the most
5: popular character i think yeah yeah, yeah. i would say so
4: so i'll get started here. So there's a prologue in this book, which is fine. It says cool beans a lot, which is kind of... (laughs) I'm not a fan of that expression, but... Uh, maybe
3: in 1993 it was ni- more hip. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: I don't know about that, but but anyway, it moves to chapter one. and Chapter one starts like this. I'm just going to read it. Early on the morning of December 21st, 1992, I was the picture of contentment on the sun porch of her house on 5th Street in Washington, D.C. The small now room was cluttered with mildewing winter coats, work boots, and wounded children's toy. I couldn't have cared less. This was home. So, I don't know.
3: That's very indicative of the tone of this book.
4: Yeah, I don't like how it's like just dropping the entire setting. Like, yeah. it feels like a sixth grade book report. Yeah. Like, I'm it was the so, best of times it was the worst exactly. of
3: times the description that I gave to one of our co-workers of the weekend was this reads like a CBS crime show
4: yeah absolutely
3: yeah it's like
5: reading CSI mm-hmm. that's how it felt right. to me or a law and order law and order episode. exactly yeah I did say uh, or thought that the analogy he makes to Lindbergh was interesting yeah. that captured me from the first Agreed. chapter yeah you know because I didn't know where that was going and that was like yeah. so important in history mm-hmm. and still comes Unsolved as a crime novel, right, right. you know that you don't know what's going to be the link between the two.
4: Very true. Yeah, no, he's Patterson's got good ideas. I mean, the plotting is the big thing here, right? Like he's right. got a lot of ideas and yeah. it's moving forward constantly. And
3: you don't know where it's going. Yeah, yeah.
4: But for me, at the same time, it feels like that's part of the problem for me. It feels like it's a rough draft and it just he just goes and then like it's yeah. over. And he didn't look at it again. He sent it to the publisher. and That's done. I don't care what like, happened. On to the next one. Plot holes, whatever, doesn't matter. We're on to the next book.
5: Yeah. So that's to, my
4: overall problem with the book.
5: I think that you know, obviously for all these years or decades sure. actually right. He knows his readers. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. knows his audience and it's so popular because he delivers every time yeah he, the, he knows what they works. want he it's knows what works.
4: yeah, that's absolutely. A, you know
5: it is formulaic it is. in its own way, but yet it's you know, still entertaining. It is. It's a thing, and
3: it's a very easy read. Like you were saying, it's sort of sixth grade book report-esque, but right. that doesn't mean it's not entertaining.
4: Yeah, no, it's also Space Mountain at Disney World. It's a ride, and you get yeah. on, you have fun, and you, do. you know, the popcorn goes flying, and it's an enjoyable ride.
5: It is. And a lot of times, the chapter ends, and you're like, okay, let's do one more. Let yep. me read one more. Yeah. So he knows how to write with cliffhangers. Definitely. Yep. And he knows how to close up a chapter. Mm-hmm. So he does have an art. He does, and I will give him... that
3: his characters, while they're not particularly believable, they are compelling. I wanted to know what was going to happen with Alex Cross and Jezzy. I did. So I said this to you, Roberta, a few days ago, maybe, that I was suspicious of Jezzy. So those who don't know, Jezzy is the quote unquote love interest. She's a secret service agent who's also investigating the crime that happens. And she felt too good to be true. I was suspicious of her, but I still wanted to know what was going to happen with her.
4: Now, is Jezzy a play on Jezebel? Is that like Patterson. Oh,
3: like I did not even flashing connect that. a light oh, there for you. I, I, I don't know. because I've that. never heard
4: the name Jezzy before. No,
3: I haven't either. Yeah. No. Though no. I will say when I was writing notes up for this on my phone, it did not autocorrect anything. Jezzy no. just oh, in the was s- fine. OK, it's an yeah. official
4: name. It's fine. All
3: yeah. Right. So character wise, it was relatively compelling. I felt like I really wanted to connect to the characters. And it's not that I did because they felt like very fake, not believable at all. But they were interesting.
4: I liked everything but Cross, to be honest like yeah. cross i thought when it got to a cross chapter i was like all right here we go with this again I'm like <laughs> gary sonneji so i watched
3: the movie as well and yeah. they pronounce it sonji, son-ji, son-ji. and yeah. Yeah. yeah okay
4: so he's the serial killer the villain in this his chapters were interesting i like the maggie were. rose who is the kidnapping victim yeah but i don't know cross i just always wanted to get to the next chapter
5: yeah yeah sanjay is interesting and i think he's used in other novels oh really, oh, okay. really. yeah because he obviously without giving too much away he's not taken
4: yeah yeah captured. no that's true, mm-hmm. that's true. he's
5: on the loose That's true. so he's an interesting mix of you know psychology and he's a sociopath <laughs> yeah. a psychopath. He, he just threw everything at this he, poor man he
4: gets away <laughs> yeah. with it he's like a supervillain. he gets out of these How
3: gems I say, he's the person I had the most issues with in the book because he supposedly murders 200 people <laughs> yeah. and then he kidnaps these two kids and accidentally kills one of them and then the other one he accidentally loses somebody else kidnaps the kid yeah, he's he, fl- kidnaps. he is
4: flying by the seat of his pants yeah, the entire book which for- doesn't make any sense for a guy who's like
3: killed 200 people supposedly and he's gotten away with six or seven murders like throughout the rest of the book it just doesn't make any sense that he would be so easily captured unless there's somebody who's like larger than life superhero style like Alex Cross yeah
4: not to dunk on Cross again but to me he's kind of like a bad detective and a worse psychologist yeah he spends an hour with Sonji after the guy goes on his killing spree he's like I don't know I can't believe him he's uh, got a multiple personality (laughs) disorder and then uh, (laughs) you I agree with you and he's like i'm gonna hypnotize him yeah and, and what does he make him do he's like he dims the lights and says count backwards from 100 boom hit yeah. the guy's hypnotized right. I'm like, all right, okay all right
5: it, that felt very pop psychology he's no me. Clarice starling
4: no not at all no
5: <laughs> uh, no no nothing like that
4: no hannibal would have uh finished alex cross off in yeah, about 10 seconds i think
5: well and then we find out later in the book
3: that murphy slash son is i've been tricking you the whole time and i'm like obviously you have
4: yeah, exactly. yeah, so obviously that it is played these guys like a fiddle. Yeah. So we, I mean, we talked about the way it's kind of a propulsive thriller. Of course, that's what Patterson is. That's what he does. That's what he delivers every time out. But for me, when I'm reading, I'm all about the writing. So it was a problem for me that there's a lack of description and everything. Like he doesn't paint a picture for mm-hmm. me. And then when he does, he gives you these kind of like bonkers things. Like he says yeah. one guy has a flowing mane of black hair, <laughs> and then he looks very Reagan-esque. And I was like, flowing mane of black hair, Reagan-esque. I'm like, yeah, that I know. You. Yeah, the Gipper had the nice Hollywood hair but it wasn't a flowing mane like <laughs> no, Fabio has a flowing mane yeah. so I don't know <laughs> things like that are a problem for me and he did have one really good description early on it says like some guy's face looked like a wedding cake left out in the rain I thought that was that,
5: I was yeah, like oh good. Patterson that's pretty good that's a good turn of phrase and the Mary Rose character how she gets herself free Maggie Rose Maggie Rose Maggie Rose, yeah. Maggie Rose. it just seemed too easy
4: yeah, too yeah. Easy. she's just waiting on the I hill at the end
5: like I a rush honestly, to finish the book which I, didn't. I really don't like about no. any authors who just like okay I'm here now what do I do to yeah, end it exactly bothered uh, me like how did they find her even I don't remember. Did, was there like a, how did they find her? I they, think
4: they just, <laughs> they didn't say. She
5: sort of left, right? And then she wandered. No,
4: well, that was a dream though, right? right. She, she was it? dreams that she's escaping and then she wakes up. It was a dream. And then she's still with the family.
5: I did not follow also, that. Oh, so obviously that wasn't clear to no. either of us. Because <laughs> I was
3: about to say the Maggie Rose stuff was really weird. I didn't follow a lot of it.
4: It's James Patterson. Damn, the torpedoes, full speed ahead. doesn't matter what's the loopholes left in its wake. There was a burning cross left on a lawn that we was never addressed again either. That was either. never
5: addressed, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's no. it a few things. That's fine though. We got, <laughs> we got to the end.
5: Throwing too much into the pot, I think. But yeah, yeah, I think
4: that's what it yeah. was.
3: Agreed. That's interesting you say that. When I watched the movie a couple of days ago. They cut out like probably 75% of the plot. It was just gone and it was still a two-hour
4: movie. Is the Disney World scene in there? No. <laughs> okay. They, he should have spent a little more time in Disney World, right? Like there's this whole thing and they're like chasing a guy through yeah. Disney World and give Alex Cross like the turkey leg. Or Where'd
3: the pilot come from? Yeah, where the
4: the pilot. The I, pilot I, I, yeah. I, I.
3: Was the pilot employed by Divine and Jazzy? Is that what the was that? Were we supposed to follow that, or was it yeah. just like the? I know they killed them. Yeah, they killed them. They are.
4: No, the connections are. No. Yeah, that's okay no. though. But it's fun. Someone on Goodreads, Brianna, is the user's name, said it's like a the book is like a bad Nicolas Cage movie. Where I'm kind of on board with that. This is fun. It's.
3: It's entertaining. It, you can kind of turn your brain off.
4: It's a bit yeah. crazy, but yeah, it's fun. You can turn your brain off and move ahead.
5: Yeah. I totally understand why people read these books though. The patron once said to me it's sort of like mind candy. Yeah. yeah. You know that you read it and you get involved with it and then you're just done and mm-hmm. you can move on to the next. It doesn't make you think too hard. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of blood or no. gore. No that's true. And so he does you know use a lot of psychology. And that is interesting having
3: this character who's a psychologist and a detective. That is very interesting and not something you
5: necessarily see in a ton of mystery or crime fiction. I wonder If Patterson set the tone for all these writers after him, yeah, you know, like Khan, oh, yeah,
4: yeah, sure. I mean,
5: Harlan Colbin, yeah. And all of those writers, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's like the father of the genre. He
3: kind of is. And he's sort of the king of it. I don't Mm -hmm. know what, and this may be controversial, what number of books he actually still writes.
4: Well, I think that's a big point of contention nowadays where he does the co-authoring thing. And I think uh, if you read up on it, people will say he's criticized because he's more of a brand than an author honing his craft. He just cranks him out. And that's right.
3: I don't know how many he actually releases per year that have his name on them. But it
5: seems like, I mean, it has to. To be like maybe six or seven a year yeah definitely. at the minimum yeah. right? i think so yeah and then he's gone into you know middle school books yep. even has a children's book yep. yeah
4: yeah well, he's all over the he's place yeah and everything. he d- we poke fun at him a little but he does a lot for literacy he's he always does. on the forefront of that kind of thing he does good things yeah
3: if you're reading james patterson because you love james patterson then good like you should be reading that's yeah. the most important part and if it brings you happiness and it entertains you then that's fine that's-
4: yeah and i'll tell you what entertained me is his love scenes have you oh there's, yeah. there's
3: i read those Oof. yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> there's <read> one
4: <laughs> where I almost brought out, like, the magnifying glass and, like, a candle to get close to the words. I'm like, I'm trying to parse what is yeah, happening here. I I felt, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it felt like I was reading, like, a transcript from, like, Cole Kogan fighting Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. I, I was like, is this love that's <laughs> happening here? Like, it didn't make sense. And then there's the line. It's, I think, my favorite line in the entire book. On page 241, it's like their are and Alex are having this kind of, like, little romantic back and forth. And then it ends with, and so we did one another, which, like... <laughs> It's <laughs> not.
5: <laughs> They're very genius The right early there. 90s it's, it's, yeah.
4: I thought that was like Beeves and Butthead Could have written yeah. that line <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to the listeners For Beavis and Butthead references
3: My favorite line It wasn't really a line Was I, I wrote a note While I was reading That said page 36 Jezzy is wearing like warmers Jezzy It just was so Like this book Like transported me back To the 90s It really did
4: Yeah there's a lot of good 90s references in there
3: It's, it's an interesting book I mean mm-hmm. I feel like It really is like a time capsule mm-hmm. Especially there's so much that is related to race Alex Cross who's black and Jesse, who's white being in a relationship mm-hmm. and how much hatred they get right he
4: does a good job of that
5: his mother was a really interesting character she yeah probably she... the sanest one Nana in Mama. the entire book yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: <laughs> sanest that's the, a yeah. good way to put it she's the sanest one in the entire you book you know the best
5: advice <laughs> yeah sees things that he doesn't see she was right mm-hmm. from
4: the beginning about Jesse. Yes. that's for right. sure
5: yes yeah, she was she, she brings was. clarity to him you know even though he mm-hmm. doesn't like listen to her much.
4: yeah I'd replace Alex Cross with grandma, Nana Mama, and I'd be interested. Nana Mama solving some crimes. I think she would have had Maggie Rose two years earlier. Though, oh yeah, well,
3: she never would have trusted Jesse. That's true. Yeah, no, never. I mean, that would have been a big improvement (laughs) to begin with. I have to say, even though this book had a lot of flaws, even though his writing was not great, I still genuinely enjoyed this book. I was entertained by it. Felt like I was reading a book that I hadn't read before. Obviously, I've never read a James Patterson, so I don't necessarily have the formula locked in. If I was giving it a, a rating out of five, I'd probably give it like a three, three, five.
5: That's what I would give it, a three, yeah. three, five, you know, because he had me hooked yeah. through three quarters of the book. I'll give him credit for. Yeah. yeah. The characters were interesting. They were well developed. Yeah. The ending just didn't work for me. Fair yeah, enough. I either. would read another book of his. I mean, there's different series within yeah. his writings, I, and uh, I would definitely read another Alex Cross because I feel like it, he's an interesting character. I know Kiss the Girls was very popular. Yeah, and yeah. I remember that, that might one, have been yeah. a better. That's the other one that book. was
4: adapted with uh, Morgan Freeman.
5: Yeah. Okay.
4: I might read another Patterson, maybe, if it was on the beach and it washed up on the shore. And it was about to <laughs> if it no, was there and yeah, you had nothing else no to No offense. I'm, I apologize if I'm sounding pretentious. It's just not for me. Maybe It's not your it's like genre. Two, That's two fine. I lo- I lo- no, it's, I like thrillers. It just... Uh, the writing's just too much for me to overcome. It is a page turner. I laughed. I cried. I turned the page. I didn't cry, but... yeah. <laughs> I was
5: going to say, I, I don't know that this is a cry word. No.
4: Thing. No. <laughs> well, the love scenes
5: were... <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the language is very, I don't want to say simplistic, but it's very readable. It yes. is, yeah. And for that, a lot of people are just happy to to read something like yeah. that.
3: Like we've talked about before, sometimes reading, for a lot of people, reading is about entertainment and it is relaxing and having a fun hobby on the side. It's not necessarily about reading like dense nonfiction or some like literary fiction. So, I mean, there's a reason that he's so popular. It's because this genre is really popular. His writing is eminently readable. It really is. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's Sometimes you don't want to go back and have to reread an entire page and try to figure out what's happening now
5: right in times like these people want to escape exactly absolutely Absolutely. you know it doesn't have to deal with all the world's problems right it transports you it It does does. yeah Yeah. and it
3: transports you to somebody who has much worse problems (laughs) yeah
4: i was gonna say i don't want to live with these people this is (laughs) like there's a lot of things go wrong in this book
3: seriously like everything that could go wrong does go wrong yeah exactly i don't think alex cross really catches a break at any point in this
5: no and his heart is broken yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He is yeah he is heartbroken i mean this book takes place over two years they
3: like have a full relationship they fall in love and i was surprised that the timeline was so long for it because there's like a thousand alex cross books right. so you'd think he'd have to be like in his late 80s
5: for the <laughs> most reason <laughs> once morgan Freeman yeah that's not i appreciate it. that yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't get his man right no. Sanjay's on the loose so you can see you know that he's disappointed with so much that yeah. you wonder how he's going to carry on but he does for what probably 40 other books <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
4: carries on all right for
5: another 112 years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you roberta for joining us thank you i this will was delightful. hopefully come back again yes Absolutely. we would love to
3: have you back All right. We have the one and only Kate Proches, our assistant director here at PCL, as our guest. And I just want to say, hi, Kate. How are you today? Hi, Robin.
4: Welcome to your friendly neighborhood librarians. We're happy to have you.
3: Let's start right at the beginning. We always start with this question. What books are on your nightstand?
2: Well, I typically listen to books these days. It's tricky, but I still definitely have books on my nightstand. Mm -hmm. They tend to be more nonfiction related, Buddhist related, like Pima Children. I have a lot of her stuff and short stories. I can't really listen to short stories that well the way audiobooks are. So I'll have those but right now don't really have anything specific. I feel like that's good bedtime reading or morning reading. Reset Mm -hmm. the
4: whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. cool.
2: A little thoughtful moment.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: What's the last great book that you read or the one that you've recommended to people that really stands out to you?
2: Yes. A book called Weather by Jenny Awful. That sounds like awful, but it's really O-F-F-I-L-L. It was published in February of 2020. It is a more of a free form kind of a vignette type novel. Mm -hmm. It's not plot driven. It shows life and how many things at once are happening and how we can feel many different ways. She's helping her brother who's addicted to pills who raise a kid. I listened to it twice in a row it's a very oh, wow. short wow. book and then I read it as well yeah. so it just resonated with me cuz it just was real it showed life how it is and how we can deal with really bad things and be happy and laugh good book for this time
4: yeah, yeah. that book so. is actually on my nightstand yeah. uh, oh,
3: oh my god no wait i just returned that book i oh. didn't get Did to it? it no some people don't like it because no. of the free form and it's the like way a stream of consciousness yes kind of thing. more that yeah but yeah. give it a
4: chance because it's a quick read and it taps right into the brain mm-hmm. itself i think yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: that's cool oh what's the most interesting thing you learned from a book recently
2: okay since i've been listening to nonfiction more, I listened to this book called Chatter by Ethan Ross and something in it, he had mentioned about like texting and social media messaging, how there's this delay between it. Since we're doing so much more of that, we're kind of losing our automatic response, our gut responses, that kind of communication. Yeah,
4: so it's basically about how everyone takes the time to think of a response instead of being, like you said, a gut thing. That's super interesting.
2: Yeah, the full name is Chatter, the voice in our head, why it matters, and how to Harness It by Ethan Cross. Okay, that sounds really interesting.
4: All right. Describe your ideal reading experience. When, where, what, how?
2: Well, I love the idea of reading outside mm-hmm. in the summer, mm-hmm. on a hammock, mm-hmm. on the beach You're a big beach goer, yes. right? Yeah. You love a beach. I love the idea of that. And it seems so nice, but then it gets too hot. And <laughs> then the bugs, you know, like when I, go, when I go to the park, yeah. then it's like, oh, I just got to go home. You can't, <laughs> you can't beat your couch and a cup of coffee it's or a true. nice chair in your house and a cup of coffee yeah. yeah that's true that's true or just your backyard even yeah
3: okay all right What kind of reader were you as a child Um, and which childhood books and authors
2: stick with you most? I was a big reader as a child. Surprise. I'm a librarian today. (laughs) I would say one of my favorite characters in book series was Anastasia Kropnick by Lois Lowry. I really wanted to be her. I loved her little list she had at the end of each chapter. I just thought she was the greatest kid. I wanted to be friends with that character, you know. So that in elementary school stands out. But as a tween, I read series. So yeah, Babysitter Club. And I started babysitting, you know. (laughs) And I read Sweet Valley Twin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're thinking Sweet Valley High. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after that came out by Francine Pascal, I believe. She wrote for tweens. So in Ah. 1986, I should preface, I am an 80s child. I was 80. I mean, I I was 80. You were like... (laughs) You were 80, 80 in the 80s. 80 as a child. For sure. <laughs> she was 90 um, in her 20s. <laughs> Benjamin Button. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was like from 6 to 16. I it was the 80s. So yeah, that, that is my essential. It's trail. the greatest you decade. Grew up yeah. In yeah, the best decade. Yeah. But I would say I started changing to read more darker things mm-hmm. in later middle school, early high school. I got into the V.C. Andrews series. Flowers in the Attic. And then all her spinoff even. It's just messy, family, horrible, evil. Psychologically messed up stories.
4: So, this is the seeds of the Kate Protius that we know today. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes. And like R.L. Stein, I prefer oh, yeah. Christopher Pike's over Arl Stein's. The teenage, like. Forgot about Christopher Pike. Yeah. Evil uh-huh. stuff happening while babysitting or, yeah. Yeah. A yeah. yeah, yeah. group of teens having parties and something crazy happening. Got into horror, I guess. Yeah. So. yeah. But nowadays, I do not read horror. Oh, I real real life horror. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I was th- going to say, you your genre is true so, crime. So that's true. I'm into true crime. Yeah. Basically because I can't understand the evil of murder and how that can be. And I'm always trying to figure out how someone can do that. You're like that. fascinated, by the, fascinated the by the human psyche. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the human psyche. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was a psych major and criminal justice minor yeah. undergrad. So, But also because of my teenhood. A classmate of mine, a year younger, killed another classmate and mm-hmm. a baby. I still like to this day can't understand how someone I knew and was on travel soccer summer with, yeah. The same summer that the murder happened and yeah. so I've always been chasing like understanding how someone can do that. You yeah. Know, yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would sort of look for that in fiction and then later
3: on try to figure out where that comes from.
2: Trying, yeah figure out yeah yeah I mean so
4: Mm -hmm. clearly a voracious reader from Mm -hmm. early on was there a book or maybe an experience growing up that kind of pushed you towards becoming a librarian
2: well I did a lot of college and all the while I was a barista at a local coffee shop downtown java's cafe a fun time it was very you know rewarding I guess and I got to talk with a lot of customers about books and I Mm -hmm. because I was still a reader and what made me become a librarian is because of books and talking about books with other people yeah the coffee shop and someone actually said I could see you as a librarian you know that I was working with just kind of set it on the fly and then light bulb been above my head you know and I just thought okay yes it's so funny the the little moments that like Mm -hmm. push us into this career yeah
4: Yeah, it's amazing we talked a little bit about this with Amanda where it's not always the first track someone's on I personally never ever imagined that I'd be here even like five years ago and then Mm -hmm. like you said ding and it goes off and you're like oh wow yeah because
2: otherwise I was going into forensic psychology and I just couldn't do that yeah. my whole life I guess so I can read about it enjoy true crime yeah. I can read mystery books and that satisfies that yeah. itch I guess yeah. and all the Netflix documentaries nowadays on true crime so yeah. great
4: answers
3: okay we were just talking about what you enjoy reading you know you're really a big true crime person but I would love to know are there other genres that you especially enjoy reading and are there any that you avoid
2: well for we I who's we <laughs> the royal <laughs> right. we yeah the royal we i <laughs> and my cat <laughs> anyway for fiction I like usually literary fiction realistic you know mm-hmm. yeah, and mystery I love a good mystery I usually like it with a little more grit I don't care as much for cozy but you said so. mysteries
4: to ones that kind of bend toward literary which people always consider mm-hmm. mystery a genre fiction but like the Dublin Murder Squad by oh, yes. Tana French or Tana French T- I
2: mm-hmm. say Tana, Tana. I say things wrong
4: but those are great and they're mm-hmm. atmospheric right and yes
2: I love that yeah. series and I'm waiting for more she did the standalone I liked the The Searcher was it that last one yeah the one before that f- okay
4: oh the Witch Elm yeah the, the Witch, Witch Elm, Elm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I,
2: Did I even read The Searcher I don't know If I've read The Searcher That's, a, that's oh one God. on my Nightstand Put it on your well. TBR yeah. yeah it's there um, it's It probably not a, is on hold It's not a
4: Dublin Murder Squad No either. it's not yeah. So
2: it's like Was yeah. coming back I know anyway. I
4: love those characters Yeah so you used to facilitate the Great Novels Book Club, which I do now. I took it over from you. Thank you. Yes, um, <laughs>
2: right. I miss them. But Yeah,
4: it's yes. a great group. Join the group. There's my monthly plug. <laughs> Are there any classic novels that you only recently read for the first time?
2: Hemingway. Uh, well, actually, I had read Hemingway before. I read The Old Man and the Sea with the Great Novels Book Group, and I loved it. They uh-huh. didn't like it as much. It's a novel that people don't like but I just loved the relationship between the boy and the old fisherman mm-hmm. and them getting that big fish and it wouldn't fit in the boat so they tie it onto the boat and trying to get it back to show we got this big fish and of course well should I give it away I don't know I mean the book was published a hundred <laughs> years ago <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want a spoiler do not listen further and just their struggle to get the fish back well well it got ate by all the other
4: fish isn't that the, the great thing about going back and reading those books you go into it if you hadn't read before you're like oh boy this is books 100 years old here we go yeah but then you're like wow it's amazing how it still relates to this day and it, yeah those lessons are the same it, it blows me away every time i read one of those old books it reads like it was published yesterday right yeah
3: yeah the lesson translates yeah yeah moving on from classics if you could require the president any president to read one book what would it be
2: emotional intelligence by daniel goleman I believe everyone should read it, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it a newer
4: book?
5: No,
2: no.
4: Because, I mean, you hear more about emotional intelligence nowadays. Yeah, I feel like that's more...
3: He's done an update. I feel like that's something that people have been talking a lot about in the last few
2: years, especially. First published in 1995. So, 1995. But there have been additions. Yeah, Yeah, like the one I listened to had an introduction about what's been going on since his publishing.
4: Sure. And you recommend it to everyone, not just presidents. Yeah. Very good. Good.
3: good way to understand other people better and understand the world better. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. Thanks, Kate, for coming and hanging out and chatting with us and talking books. Yes. It's always a good time. Fascinating
4: oh, yeah. conversation. Thank you so yes, much. For...
3: Thank you for
0: having me. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: And now let's pass the microphone over to Mel, who's going to tell us all about this month's featured programs at the Pittsburgh Community Library.
0: As always, thank you, Jim. Please note that all events will be held on Zoom unless stated otherwise. Registration is required. There's lots to look forward to this month, starting with our Tuesday, June 8th at 6.30 event, bring the fun back into healthy eating this summer. Join URMC clinical dietitian, Jill Churdak, as she helps you to drown out the nutrition noise and guide you back toward a balanced eating pattern that satisfies both body and mind this summer. On Thursday, June 10th at 6.30, is the Being a Savvy LGBTQ Ally event? Author Janine Gainsburg joins us to talk about her encouraging and fun new guidebook called The Savvy Ally, a guide for becoming a skilled LGBTQ advocate. The In This Moment Black Women's Health event will be held on Tuesday, June 15th from 7 to 8 p.m. Deborah McDowell Hernandez and Dr. Celia McIntosh, both featured in the In This Moment chapbook series, will Provide an overview on how systemic racism impacts the health and health care outcomes of black women. For all home buyers, particularly first time home buyers, please check out our Path to Buying Your Home event on Wednesday, June 16th from 7 to 8 p.m. Mike Pulver of the Genesee Regional Bank will explain financing and mortgage options generally available to prospective home buyers. Jim Salmon, an independent home inspector, and Phil Silver, a real estate attorney, will share their expertise. Dom Geneva of WAM 1180 will host. The Gender Identity Workshop and Panel Discussion will be held on Thursday, June 17th and Wednesday, June 23rd from 6.30 to 7.30pm. Join Shalene Nader of the Ibero-American Action League in this informative two-part workshop on gender identity. The second part of this series will be a panel discussion with three LGBTQ guests. Bring Back, our Tuesday night's fab films at the library. This month, we will be showing the Oscar nominated film Judas and the Black Messiah. This event will be held in person in the Fisher Meeting Room on Tuesday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. Our second in this moment event this month. Born in Babylon will be held on Thursday, June 24th from 7.15 to 8.45 p.m. teacher Doucette, who is featured in an In This Moment chatbook, teams with series curator Amanda Chestnut for a conversation focused on disabled persons, the in-between and unseen, and how they are often left out in major equity initiatives. To finish out our featured events this month, we have the Welcome Back Concert for the String Chickens, which will be held on Wednesday, June 30th from 7 to 8 in person at the Carpenter Park Gazebo at the Port of Pittsburgh. We hope you can join us in the gazebo for a lively evening filled with fiddle, mandolin, guitar, upright bass, and a bit of singing. We hope you can join us. For a list of all our June events at PCL, please stop by the information desk, reference desk, or children's desk to pick up a copy of our pamphlet. Our Friends Book Sale this month will be held on Saturday, June 12, from 10am to 4pm. This is a special event only for children and young adult books. Summer Reading is just a few short weeks away and will be running from June 28th to August 14th. Register starting June 14th for a summer of games, challenges, and fun. Games for participants in preschool and up, including adults, are available in person and online. And a game just for babies aged 0-2 to is available in person. Go to pittsfordcommunitylibrary.beanstack.org to play virtually and register at the library to play in person. We hope you can make it out. Jim and Robin, back to you. Wow, we have so many cool
3: events happening in June. Super exciting month at PCL. Oh yeah, and... To start off the month of June, we want to highlight some of our recent additions to our services here.
4: We welcome back our director Amanda Madigan.
3: Yay! So, Hello. Hi. Hi. Today we're talking
1: about our digital newspaper subscriptions. Digital newspapers. We have three now subscriptions, yep. and we are very excited about them. Yeah, yes. And the
4: the two were the recent. last two recent editions, right? Recent, so yeah. and very
1: recent.
4: So we have what the Wall Street Journal.
3: Yep. We have the New York Times. We've had that one for two years. Is that right? Uh, three um, years a year and a half, right? year yes. and a half? yeah we've no. had it for one full year okay and we also just out of the washington
1: post about a month ago the new kid on the block yeah. yes yeah the washington post yes well news and providing access to information <laughs> is a major part of what public libraries Absolutely. Offer. Absolutely. That's one of the things that is, I think,
3: is probably one of our most used services, especially for adults, mm-hmm. resources in more normal times. We see a lot of people come in every single day to read the print newspapers that we have downstairs.
1: We do. And we saw that significantly shifted in the past year yeah. when we weren't able to have them out. And we were kind of scrambling to see how we could provide more access to news. Right.
4: And that was the main idea, right? People were at home. They could not come here to take right. a look at the newspapers, And we wanted to make sure that our patrons yeah. still had the ability and still had the knowledge to figure out how to access right. these services that we offered. It was just the New York Times back then, the yeah. Post and the Wall Street Journal, recent editions.
3: And I think that maybe you can speak to this, Amanda. When everybody wasn't able to come in, we saw that that might have been a gap for some people being able to get access to reliable digital
1: news. Absolutely. We are seeing a shift in use of library materials. So we've seen over the past year, our patrons really embrace digital Absolutely. Materials. Materials And that kind of carries over to news as well. Yeah. And we've also seen a lot of these news providers step forward yeah. and provide public libraries with opportunities. It's relatively new that public libraries have been offered plans to be able to allow these subscription services to patrons. So, yeah, yeah. I think
4: it's pretty incredible because you do hear about the newspaper business struggling a lot. Right. But they still offer access to this information and it's incredible. Incredible! I think it's such a great resource. I'm always surprised when we add this a new service like this because it's amazing. It, it's are paywalls. Most people you see it online where they try to read an article and they complain, "Oh, I can't read this article. I'm not going to pay $9.99 or whatever it is a month." But now, because of this partnership, they have access. And all you have to do is what you can come to the library, you can mm-hmm. access on the go, right? Or you can do it from your own home.
3: The, that's what's so wonderful is digital access to all of these newspapers is available to everybody. If they come to the library, you can do it on your phone. We have iPads here that you can do it on. And of our public PCs. Mm-hmm. You can access all three of these newspapers anytime you're here. Digital access from home and on the go is limited to Pittsburgh residents. But if you're in the library, you have free access.
4: It's there. Yeah. It is there. And it's easy. If you're in yeah. the library, just log on to WashingtonPost.com or one of the other two and you're right there. And I do want to say, I do understand there's people out there who prefer the print copy. I get right. it. I'm one of those people. I love having the print. I still get the DNC delivered to my house. But these services augment that coverage that's in the paper.
3: Yeah, and I think it's a different experience too. Amanda, you were talking about all of the really interactive pieces.
1: Multimedia. I think the expanded content through digital subscriptions and the benefit, the the value in them is in the multimedia that's offered. There are photo essays, audio that's available. There are videos. A lot of video, yeah. Interviews. It's just a different way of experiencing Mm -hmm. and engaging with news and popular current events and what's happening.
4: And the the video cover. in particular has grown by leaps and bounds and improved mm-hmm. in such quality. We're here and we don't have access to what's happening in Arkansas or wherever across yeah. the country, but they put you right there. The coverage is excellent. Yeah,
3: it really is. And I think one of the things that really can't be forgotten is that print newspaper is wonderful. And I think it is an experience unto itself, but it has all the news from the previous day. Right. The digital newspapers have breaking right. news. That's something that you can access at any time. You can set up alerts on your phone so you have up-to-date information all the time. And with the world as it is right now, we need the that sort of access and all the it's time.
1: simultaneous so yeah. we can all access it at the same time right
3: we every, don't it's yeah. not limited to right. one so
1: paper if you come to the library
3: and somebody's reading the wall street journal and you want to read the wall street journal you have to wait
5: yeah.
4: <laughs> but now because of this yeah. literally every single mm-hmm. pittsburgh resident could log on all the at the time same time and read it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing.
1: So we like in these digital subscriptions, expanded content, the flexible access, it's reliable information. Yeah. Reliable information is really important. Yeah, now. these
4: and are three of the preeminent, probably the probably
1: leading the newspapers yeah.
4: in the country, yeah. the world. These yeah. are these are the ones.
3: So we're happy to be able to provide this service to our community wherever they are. Exactly june is pride month we are focusing on books about and by authors who are lgbtq yes i have a book that i won't shut up about and i haven't been able to shut up about for about five years it's been that long yeah it is my favorite book period without reserve wow we are okay by nina Lacour, which is a ya book and it's about a girl she's like 17 i think who has a really difficult relationship with her grandfather. Her grandfather raised her, and she has a really difficult relationship with him. And at the beginning of the book, we learn that he's died and that she has taken it really hard. She found out some things about him after he died that really affected her. And so she's run away from her home in California to the college that she was going to start going to. I think it's like August. So it's just a few weeks before she was supposed to start school. She goes there. She runs away from her girlfriend and from her friends, all of her community. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have any family left because her grandfather was her only family. What we see is her journey from this place of like total devastation and grief through her journey, learning about her grandfather as a person, learning about herself and her relationship to... Her grandfather. And then we sort of learn more about her relationship with her girlfriend and with her girlfriend's family. And it's just such a beautiful story. It really delves into grief in a way that I hadn't read mm. in, I don't think, any book up to that point, And in very few books since then. I think it's a very honest depiction of grief. It's a wonderful story that explores a really complicated character. And what I love so much about that book, and it actually ended up winning the prince medal what i love so much about that book is that it was written for teenagers yeah it depicts grief so beautifully and it really delves into topics that aren't necessarily touched on for teenagers and it does it in a way that really honors teenagers yeah because they have these feelings and they aren't necessarily talked about all the time so yeah i'm obsessed with that book i recommend it to everybody that i possibly can (laughs) it's pretty short too it's maybe like
4: 250 pages nice so our next recommendation is a joint recommendation, yes. and it goes beyond you and me here, right? This is an absolute yes. PCL this favorite. This one
3: touches on, I would say, like 50% of the people who are here.
4: It's incredible. Yeah, and everyone loves it. Mostly everyone.
3: Uh, yeah, you can't say everybody loves it. And uh, actually, you know what? This is a good place to say. Yeah. This book is particularly brutal. We are putting trigger warnings on this one. It is rough. Read the synopsis before you get into it. Maybe look up some trigger warnings if you think you
4: might be nervous about it. Yeah, it's very dark.
3: So the book we're talking about today is A Little Life by Hania Yanagihara. This book is a bulldozer
4: that is such a good way to put it. a bulldozer it is 700 pages yeah of just non-stop what i mean
3: i mean i read it in july and i got depressed like it is hard book to read but
4: it's so good it's
3: so good
4: it gets to like the core of humanity in my point of view so the book is centered on four friends the yes. friends in college what are the names we know their names jude jb Willem and Malcolm. Yes. Those names are burned into my mind and it centers on their friendship, right?
3: It does. I believe it's called a Bildungsroman, which is is a story that focuses on one person's formative years. our main character. So it's kind of got an ensemble cast sort of going on.
4: This podcast is an an education for me. It is. Uh,
3: Yes. Here's your definition of the day.
4: Yeah. Go ahead.
3: It really focuses on Jude. Like Jude is our main character. Absolutely. And we follow him from his childhood on.
4: Yeah. And everyone kind of revolves around what's happening to him at all yes. times Like the reacting reacting Yeah
3: and I mean Here's the here's the caveat Like you see Every nook and cranny Of Jude's interior life And his actual life But you also know A crazy amount About every other character
4: Yeah absolutely When I was reading this I read it a few years ago On your recommendation Robin mm-hmm. And it felt like I had fallen through Like a skylight yeah. And like landed on the floor Yeah, And then the floor Gave out And yep. I fell through To this bottom floor And then that floor Gave out yep. And I'm down in the basement It just keeps coming And then me.
3: like all of that Rubble just yeah, the Right rubble on top came of you. On, on
4: top of my yeah. head. It's relentless.
3: Yes. But, Why do we love but this? But here's the reason that this book is so amazing. And I say this all the time. So you guys are probably sick of hearing me say this, but like the characters in this book are incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're real people to me.
4: I could see them. It doesn't happen often. Authors are supposed to paint a picture in your head, right? You're supposed to see what it looks like and what the people look like. It doesn't always happen. This, mm-hmm. I can still see them some years later. Yeah. And that's magic to me. That's what I want Yeah.
3: In book. And I read this book. I was just thinking about this. I read this book in the summer of 2017. So it's been almost four years. Yeah. Four years. I think about this book probably at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Like that does not happen. But it comes back to me so frequently. These characters, the lives that they led, and even the writing is really incredible too. It made a huge impact on me. She's an
4: excellent author. For me, with a book, what I want at the end of the day, I want to feel something. Yes. I get it. Sometimes you want some brain candy, just breeze through something that's entertaining. But I want to feel emotion, joy, pain, whatever. And man, this one. It's very painful. it delivers yes but it's human it's beautiful and i cannot recommend this book enough if this sounds like it's for you 100 percent, check it out absolutely if you're on the fence come into the library talk to us we'll be happy to talk you through it we'll talk you through it we could talk about the book maybe we'll do a book club for it yes and so that pretty much wraps up episode three of Your Friendly Neighborhood Librarians. That was a lot of fun. I had so much fun talking to so many people. Yeah, we had a lot of guests this month. Mm-hmm. So we had a
3: lot of guests, which is kind of fun. It breaks up the monotony of uh, our voices. And
4: you get to look into the many different voices of Pittsburgh community. Absolutely. Librarian. Very exciting. So next month's the summer.
3: Summer. We are diving into summer reading and all the things that that means.
4: We're going to find out what summer means to you, to us. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later.
3: Thank you to Meldez, producer, librarian, and magician, Joy Brown, our IT director, Laura, April, and Hillary for our fantastic theme music, the Town of Pittsburgh and the Friends and Foundation for support of the library and giving us the ability to do such awesome projects, and to the New York Times for the use of the By the Book column. Find the library on Facebook and Instagram at Pittsford Community Library and keep up to date on everything happening at PCL by subscribing to our newsletter. Subscribe to hear new episodes every month on your favorite podcast app.
1: librarians librarians when you've got questions they're the ones to help you find what you're looking for and maybe even
0: something more just ask ask the librarians more than simply